Welcome to Siggy Talks. At Siggy, we plant biodiverse pocket forests in urban areas and restore at-risk ecosystems around the world. Our mission is to help cities build climate resilience, biodiversity and well-being using nature-based solutions. On this podcast, we'll speak with our expert forest makers, scientists and collaborators about reimagining the urban experience and how we can better use nature to build healthier habitats for all life. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to support more. So we are extremely honoured to have Professor Dr. Fujiwara with us. She was pivotal in the development and the pioneering of the revolutionary Miyawaki methods. Joining forces with the revered Professor Akira Miyawaki as an undergraduate student, she worked with him right up until he retired and later assumed his role. Based in Japan, Dr. Fujiwara is a vegetation scientist with greatly respected work in the field of global vegetation science and the restoration of natural forests. Today, she is a vital guardian of the Miyawaki method. She continues to travel the world educating people about the power of Miyawaki forests and their impact on protecting and nurturing life. So good evening, Professor Dr. Fujiwara. Konnichiwa. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. You are a very important voice and it's a privilege to have you on. So thank you. Thank you very much. We have a lot of questions. There's a lot to get through because you were there from the very beginning. Yes, you have lots of questions. I do, I do, I do. Yes. (laughs) So we'll get stuck in. Yeah, okay. I guess the very beginning would be a good place to start. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you first met Professor Akira Miyawaki? I became the student of Yokohama National University, Faculty of Biology. So Professor Miyawaki became just associate professor. And then later, the last year, we need to make a uh, thesis. We need a field survey. So I selected Miyawaki, Professor Miyawaki. Mm-hmm. And uh, studied under him. Right. That was 1967. Oh. Yes. Since then, until uh, Professor Miyawaki retired, I worked with Miyawaki. Wow. <laughs> it's a long time I worked. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then replaced his position. I became professor and followed his uh, teaching and. Mm-hmm. Right, so you were with him since the beginning of your career and education. On a personal level, what was he like as a teacher? Oh, he is a passionate person. He identified what he want to do. Then he just go to the target. And he is very shy and uh, lonely. But when uh, he is with people, he very enjoy the people. So he was very serious person for the science, and he studied very seriously. Therefore, he went there, and first Japanese, but uh, Japanese scientist to the Germany. Wow, Japanese vegetation scientist. And his his time in Germany was is quite pivotal. I find it really interesting. How how did he end up there, and what what happened? He wrote that scientific paper about the weed community with the professor of Tokyo University. Then Professor Dixon 
that's、uh, Miyawaki's、uh, professor in Germany. He, he read this paper and invited him to Germany. But when、uh, he went to the Texan Institute and he studied vegetation science, phytosociology, very well, and come back, came back to Japan that 1960s. He visited Germany maybe more than 40 times or 50 times. So Miyawaki became nature protection person. And then 1970s, Miyawaki became the restoration of the forest and also basement idea is field work. He's,、uh, he studied Japanese archipelago, every vegetation in Japanese archipelago, 10 years. Miyawaki doesn't stop anything every year to go to field. And then he developed this restoration Miyawaki method and he continued to the retirement. So after retirement, just he focused creation of Miyawaki forests. Okay, so that's, that's the rough timeline there. So th- this podcast is all about speaking to experts like yourself. Um, and educating people about reimagining urban life through integrating nature back into cities. And we speak a lot about the power of the Miyawaki methods as such a wonderful tool to help cities rapidly build climate resilience, well being, and biodiversity. Yes. So we would love to hear from you in your own words what the Miyawaki method is. Yeah. So the most important thing is. Using the species from the native forest, stable forest. So, canopy forest species, using this species, very important because Miyawaki theory say the canopy species, like president and the management of people of the top layer, they decide the target of the company. So, this is the same with、uh, a natural forest. Canopy tree stable, then understory and the shrub story, they are very healthy. So, therefore, we use、uh, stable natural forest species, one. And the second one is、uh, a dense plantation, mixed plantation, random plantation. So, plant has a competition to get the light for photosynthesis. Therefore, dense plantation, then they can grow up faster, even climax species. So, climax species cannot grow so fast. That is a common sense. But sometimes climax species grew one meter per year. I surprised and I asked to professors why climax species can、um, grow so fast. Nobody answered. So I surveyed the planted area by Miyawaki method. So I found 
So climate species can tolerate under shade, but when under the sunshine, they can, they have the plantation and they can grow faster. So that's a second one. And the third one is soil preparation. When we plant, we need forest soil. So first stage, always Miyawaki taking the surface soil from their developing areas. These topsoil, we can't get this easily. These topsoil, uh, nutrient or uh, dead leaves. So soil preparation on the planting site. Then uh, we plant on the prepared soil. So then uh, he developed the mulching method. When we get in the forest, dead leaves are just cover the forest floors. So therefore, <coughs> when planted the saplings, then covered that area with the rice straw. Then this rice straw will become the food of the animals. Then soil becomes the rich. Therefore, this mulching is very important and also stop the um, evaporation and uh, keeping moisture and also stop the erosion. So this is a full um, basic idea is Miyawaki method. But the more, more important thing recently, so Miyawaki gathered company people and local people or students, children, plant together. That is very important education, uh, environment education. So this is, uh, these are special uh, characteristics of Miyawaki method. But people don't understand that natural forest. Therefore, dense plantation, random plantation, only people understand that and this kind of the plantation, the so-called Miyawaki method. Mm -hmm. this, this idea of engaging the community when creating Miyawaki forest, this is really fundamental to what we do at Sugi and what, and what Miyawaki has thought. Why was it so important for him to engage the community? So local people, they don't have knowledge, then they are against forest because forest making shade and dropping leaves. So when the local people standing of the plantation area, uh, attending this plantation ceremony or plantation event, so they understand, so they making the forest themselves. And also, they can see the growing forest and how environment changing. When you plant the seedlings, then after five years, three years, so five years, you come back that there, you will get impressed very deeply. Wow. I think it's so innovative that he built education into the methodology right from the get-go and it's revolutionary not only because these forests grow extremely fast but it also tackles the psychological barriers so he he knew we needed these forests but he also knew that we needed 
to shift our attitudes towards them. Yes. So I know you travelled Europe with Miyawaki Azigev talks on potential natural vegetation theory. But what was the shift that happened that made him go from nature protectionist to want to restore natural forests? There was a bit of a shift there. So when we came back from the Europe, it is beginning of the um, environment crisis because uh, 1960s, it was uh, destroying uh, nature of Japanese archipelago or developing um, highway, airport, and factories and residence areas. So that time, Miyawaki was a nature pro- protectionist. He say everything, protect the nature. But the uh, 1970s already, and natural forest is gone, then Miyawaki changed the mind. So we need to restore the forest, natural forest especially. Then he developing, he was developing Miyawaki method. Mm-hmm. So this industrial change in Japan, it worried Professor Akira Miyawaki enough that he wanted to use natural forest as an intervention to mitigate the impact. At the time, what was happening? Was there a widespread concern? Yeah. So 1960s, uh, Japanese archipelago was developed everywhere, especially uh, that time, uh, uh, 1970s, we had uh, m- much pollution time. So everywhere is smoke and uh, um, uh, people fell down and uh, ground students fell down, such kind of uh, pollution very hard. And also government made their duty of the stop the sulfuration and also smoke. But only that doesn't work. Then Miyawaki thought, okay, trending of the factories. So people should restore the forest and the forest absorbed that is air and this pollution everything. That's first idea. So I also read about the Nippon Steel project, which I know was really important for the early development of the methodology. He was commissioned by the steelmaking giant in order to build natural forests around their factories to mitigate pollution and to bring biodiversity. Can you tell us how, how that project came about and how early on was it? What came of it? The first steel plantation area was a Nippon Steel Company that forest 50 years now. Uh, Nippon Steel Company, the biggest company in uh, Japan. Uh, so all the uh, division had uh, very large areas, degraded area. So then the Nippon Steel Company, um, and especially environmental office, visited Miyawaki and what do we do here, this degraded area? So some people say making a bamboo forest. Some people say uh, plant uh, Japanese cedar. So what do you think to press Miyawaki? They asked him. Then Miyawaki said, so stable forest is very important. Stable forest can absorb everything and also hold uh, biodiversity. So therefore, so you restore the natural forest in this very wide 
degraded area. So then uh, Nippon Steel Company had the, uh, many branches in Japanese archipelago. We studied from Kyushu to Hokkaido. We identified the potential natural forest in areas and give, gave the species. And they made the potted seedling themselves and also bought from the nursery and they planted. Nowadays, this forest is amazing forest. I bet, I bet. So this Nippon Steel Forest, this was a landmark project for the Miyawaki method. Yes. What was the impact of this forest? Later, so after Miyawaki retired, I visited a Nippon Steel Company and we surveyed forest. So how much they can uh, absorb the absorb the dust and how they grow up very much. So that so top layer is, doesn't have so much dust, but middle layers. So this dust coming down to the forest, middle area, it has lots of dust. So they these forest absorb the dust and the temperature with some temperature outside and inside and ground side also. So their differences are very big. So outside and inside the forest in the summer, six Celsius different. Six degrees. Yeah, wow. uh, we improved that too. Yeah, this this cooling aspect is some is something that's really important to us at Sugi because we plant in cities and urban areas, especially nature deprived areas. And I think it's important to mention just for listeners that these forests are maintenance free after two to three years, and they grow extremely rapidly in comparison to conventional man made forests. I also wanted to talk about how what Miyawaki learned when he was in Germany and how. He was influenced by some of the forests built there, especially post-World War II. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about what he saw there? Yes. Uh, so when uh, Berlin, after a war, so Berlin people made the mound just the middle of the town and the surrounding area developed to the residence areas and the plant natural species in the uh, mound and also developing the parks and developing the factories there. So this kind of natural forest, it's a wabaret, so original forest. Okay, so they took rubble from World War II and built a mound out of the rubble and then built a forest on top of the mound. Yeah. And I, I know this is a concept that he used for the the seawall, which would would be built out of rubble from the tsunami and uh, with the forest on top to help protect people against the tsunami. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to ask about the native forests. Like, what happened to them? You you mentioned in Japan they were almost all wiped out. Why, why is that? Japanese people are very serious, and especially forestry people. They, uh, they wanted a forest for the people. Therefore, people chose the pine, Japanese cedar, and the Kamechi Palace. 
this kind of useful trees to plant everywhere. So, and protect them. People say uh, Japanese, 75% uh, is forest in Japan, but the natural forest will be only 10% of 75%. Others are plantation area or secondary forest to use uh, um, charcoal or firewood. But later, uh, people became older and older. No people manage this kind of planted forest. And on, only monotonous plantation. So understory nothing. Therefore, these forest is a cause of the disasters, like landsliding by earthquake. Mm -hmm. Why was monoculture forest building popular back then? Why why did they favor that over a diverse, stable forest? Forestry people thinking same size and straight trees. They are good boys. <laughs> and big tree with small trees and randomly, it is a very bad forest. That, uh, uh, common sense of the forestry people. Therefore, forestry people plant seedling of cedars, conifers, about two meter or two meter to three meter intervals and take care of each individual. Therefore, it takes very much time and also seeding when it grow up to the 10 meters, then seen an individual cut down and give the right inside and also um, cut the branches and making a straight trees. So it, uh, so these forests need management forever until they sell it. But Miyawaki forest is just three years management. So then dense plantation, three years just weeding, using weeding. Then weeding, then uh, no competition with uh, weed and uh, seedlings. So they can make a photosynthesis and then uh, they can grow up. So three years, two to three meters. And it is bushes, everything covered. But uh, after 10 years, they become uh, thinning themselves. And also some species, some individual can grow straight and tall. Some species wait under the shade. The some species same age, but some species still still stop as uh, shrub layers. So mixture, uh, forestry people say it is not a good forest. After 20 years, they recognize, okay, this is a forest. Okay, so there was some conflicting ideas. Did Was there any resistance towards the Miwaki methods? And what was it? And where did it, where did it come from? Yeah, um, two resistances. So forestry people wanted just good boys forest. 
same same size and very straight, and uh, uh, you can see the other side, not to inside the bushes. And so therefore, when my Miyawaki plant, it has a lots of the, the cost for the plantation, lots of seedlings, and making also preparation of soil condition. So this is one reason. And the second reason is because Miyawaki always criticizes forestry people. So Monotana's forest also doesn't protect people and protect people's life, human life. So that's Miyawaki always criticizes Monotana's forest. That's uh, forestry people against Miyawaki. And the second criticize is uh, so landscaping people say Miyawaki forest doesn't have the nice flowers or nice view. Just forest there. So therefore, it is not good. So landscape people against Miyawaki Mesa too. Mm. Okay. I, I do find it so interesting that Professor Akira Miyawaki was so focused on using natural forest, native forests as an intervention to help protect and nurture human life. And this was always part of his primary goal. So it's interesting to hear the kind of different resistance towards the methods. I I read about the failure of Japan's coastal pine forests um, that were built in order to protect people against a tsunami, but they were in fact, many of them were wiped away by the force of the tsunami. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you saw during your field survey after the tsunami? After tsunami time, I think one month later, I studied that area. So then Munatana's uh, plantation, like a pine plantation area, everything died. So pine cannot register the tsunami. Tsunami has so big energy. But after three months, I came back to the same place and, and went field survey. So um, many species together live in the pine forest. Then they could against tsunami. They didn't fall down. So this is the important thing. And uh, also I compared with uh, a civil engineering report. So Hamita was a tsunami and uh, they surveyed only no forest areas. So I compared with uh, behind the building behind the forest and their data. So similar distance from the uh, ocean to the building. No forest, then 40.5 meters tsunami effect. And uh, behind the forest, it was uh, 2.5 meters. And also very interesting thing was um, Sumitomo Cooperative Power Station. They made the 10 meter width of the Miyawaki forest. This forest was, didn't destroyed. So why it's different? So they planted pine with evergreen trees. Only 
10 meters and they had the video. Tsunami came to only first floor, not second floor. So this kind of forest is very important for to mitigate the tsunami. Even a earthquake to mitigate the earthquake. In 1995, we had the earthquake in Kobe areas. It was very big. Even that area, we surveyed the burned area. So when evergreen forest array or forest patches, then behind houses behind this forest, they could against the fire. And also some building next to big trees, they just um, then didn't do it, didn't collapse, but only uh, became, let's say, slope, uh, uh, became just next trees, so people could survive. Mm -hmm. So many examples there. Right. So. So the natural forests or diverse forests or wooded areas, tree areas, those were really a lot more effective in protecting life when the tsunami hit. What was the mechanism that protected people? How exactly can forests protect people? Thick forest. So tsunami coming and come back, coming, come back. So thick forest can absorb the energy. Inside the tsunami has energy. So they and coming that and absorbed tsunami uh, absorbed their energy, then big tsunami became a lower tsunami. That reason it forest itself didn't stop but mitigate absorbed tsunami. Therefore Miyawaki's uh, idea was making the uh, Mound. So mound is uh, physiologically very uh, strong for the tsunami and with uh, forest, it will affect very much. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. Okay, so this was the Tohoku Great Forest Wall, which was designed by Miyawaki um, after this 2011 tsunami. And this was built to help protect people. That, yeah. So we and uh, we have data so high highway has a mound and on the <laughs> on the mound they have the highway so they stop the tsunami and the forest itself also stop and mitigate the tsunami therefore this combination very important so i also know the forest surrounding the shinto shrines in japan they have been protected for a very long time, like hundreds of years. And these forests were instrumental in helping Miyawaki design the natural forests he built in Japan. Can you tell us a little bit about that? When uh, Professor Miyawaki came back from Germany and uh, he he was born in uh, Okayama Prefecture. It is a countryside, very countryside. And no natural forest in countryside, everything uh, plantation areas or secondary forest areas. So then he identified, ah, oh, maybe Shinto shrine will have the natural forest because we keep the goat in 
behind of the um, Shinto shrine. So he visited the Shinto shrine next to his uh, home house. Then he found the evergreen trees there. So then, okay, uh, we can survey Shinto shrine and find the, what is natural forest, what is potential natural forest there, that the beginning of the Shinto shrine. So in Japan, uh, sec um, Second War, World War, so people destroyed the forest and Shinto shrine and the uh, Shinto shrine and the temple forest too. But still big Shinto shrine has a natural forest. Since uh, 1770 century or 16th century, there is a history. So the one prime chief of the Kusayama, he has a responsibility of the Sangamai branch of Izumo Taisha Shinto shrine. Izumo Taisha is a very big Shinto shrine in the um, western part of Japan. This uh, uh, Sagami branch doesn't have the, they don't have the forest. So he bought the land for Miyawaki. It is, I think, uh, uh, 3,000 million yen, very expensive, for the Miyawaki forest. And Miyawaki did it to make a forest. Now, 15 years, it became a nice forest. And also, um, chief priest made the small river inside. And uh, this river became the best water in Japan. Very tasty. It is a, it is a, a to, uh, today's Shinto shrine. Only one Miyawaki forest Shinto shrine in Japan. We have 100 years old Shinto shrine in Tokyo, Meiji Shinto shrine. And it is a landscaping people planted, very big trees. 100 years ago, we made it, people made it. Therefore, it is very big area, middle of the Tokyo. But even so, this uh, 15 years old Shinto shrine has uh, it's um, mysterious very much. Mm. Yeah, people coming. Yes. Wow, I, I would love to visit it someday. It sounds so beautiful. So the chief priest commissioned Miyawaki to build a forest around. Yeah a Shinto shrine and at 50 years old it's now surpassed the growth of the Shinto shrine forest in Tokyo at 100 years so that's pretty amazing I would love to visit that magical river yes I know we talked also about some variations that you've noticed in the Miyawaki methods being used around the world can you can you talk a little bit about why it's important to to you to protect the integrity of the Miyawaki methods and I explained the Miyawaki method at first. That's based, based on the natural forest. So uh, people don't understand the natural forest. What is natural forest in these areas? 
So therefore, people just gather the local species and the plant. That's everything, dense and the mixed plantation. So this is only technology. So we should make the restore the national forest. Therefore, species selection is the most basic idea. So uh, nowadays, they are restored forest. They don't use only natural species. So at first, understand the natural forest. So as climate change continues, how can Miyawaki forests help us? Yeah, that's a good question. You see, Miyawaki mini forest, it likes uh, a drop of the rain falling in the ocean, very small. But when raindrop gathered and to make the river, and also eventually it will become the ocean. So everywhere, so degraded the uh, urban areas and uh, degraded the uh, uh, countryside. So when uh, we restore the natural forest, then it will have the global warming too. That's important key. And what about cities? How can how can they help us in cities, particularly? So, yeah, Tokyo has uh, lots of the green areas. People enjoy that, and also building have the green cover too. When there is a forest, then people can stay cool inside very much. And the residence areas. My one one of the master students studied in our uh, Yokohama National University campus. He studied the temperature in the campus forest area and the surrounding residence areas. In summer, annual temperature. Uh, maximum temperature is three Celsius lower than residence area. And in winter, three Celsius higher than residence areas. That case, we need this kind of the green corridor, Miyawaki patches. What would you like to see happen in the future regarding the Miyawaki methods? If uh, we have the chance, I'd like to gather the people together and the study in the field and also explain the why we need Miyawaki forest like that. Mm-hmm. Well, long live the Miyawaki methods. Yes. And I have every faith that it will continue to inspire and protect and nurture life all around the world. So before we end, what is one thing nature has taught you? Stable natural forest is very charming. Even evergreen forest, it's just very mysterious and very cool and gives the is inspired very much. So thank you so much for talking to us, Professor Dr. Fujiwara. Thank you very much. It was a privilege to speak to you. Arigato. Ciao, ciao. Bye.